trigger warning, there is a mention of sexual violence in this episode. Welcome to the first episode of Mindfully Audacious. What is up, y'all? I am Jay Stewart, founder of the Audacious Crew and cursy word-loving anxiety and self-healing coach. Thank you for being here and for joining me on this audio journey. Today, I am giving you permission to be all up in my business in this first episode. We talk in origin stories. We'll do some dives into how the Audacious Crew came to be and who the fuck Jay aka Jamie Stewart, is. Because you're probably wondering, and rightfully so. BT Dubs, we are 75,000 deep on Instagram. So follow at The Audacious Crew and come get your healing on. We out here building community, child. You can heal alone if you want to, but that shit is real boring, okay? Let's go. Every episode, I will be sharing an affirmation, a mantra, or... A soundbite from my voice diary. Oh yeah, we gonna get real intimate, okay? I've never played these diaries for anybody else. Today's affirmation is, I let go of limiting beliefs and choose to trust myself. I think many of us have dealt with limiting beliefs in some capacity. And for me, one of my limiting beliefs for the longest was that I couldn't finish anything. Now, I wasn't consciously aware that this was a limiting belief, It honestly was just something that I guess I started to see over time. I didn't think that I could finish things because due to undiagnosed ADHD, failing a whole semester of college and struggling through high school, and then having many, many ideas from business to other creative shit that never left my notepad, I really started to believe that I could not finish anything. I really, really believed that I was a quitter. If you're unfamiliar, limiting beliefs are basically false thoughts or stories that we tell ourselves that limit us from reaching our true potential. And often they are not conscious. There has to be some soul searching done oftentimes for us to discover our limiting beliefs, but it can be done. It just takes time and intention and mindfulness. But with this podcast and everything else I've done since age 30, I'm 32 now for reference, I am constantly, constantly proving this lion-ass voice wrong. Yes, it gets a little iffy at times. However, comma, unlike past me, I pushed through that shit. I'm not letting it hold me back anymore because I understand that that limiting belief was something that I basically absorbed. It was something that I grew and it's just like an abscess and that shit gotta go. We don't need that. So irregardless... (laughs) I let go of limiting beliefs and I will continue to choose to trust myself. Let's get into what you came for. As a kid and a young adult, Jamie Stewart, aka Jay Stewart, aka Jay Stu, aka me, became a tiny, small, quiet version of herself. I had extremely huge, thick, dense, rigid walls. My boundaries, impenetrable, okay? And what it actually ended up doing for me, I thought that I was protecting myself. What I actually felt over some time was that I was not living my life. I truly felt like a shell of a human being. I quite literally told my therapist that in like 2019. I remember when I first met with her, we were talking about, you know, your initial goals. And I remember writing down in that notebook that she gave me that I was living life as a shell and I wanted to step into being a full human being, which sounds 
wild because obviously I am a living, breathing being, but I recognize that I was kind of just going through life on autopilot. I was going through life through the lens of somebody else. I was just putting on somebody else's outfit. It seemed like every single day I wasn't putting on the things that I really truly desired. And over time, it just felt very empty. And I also realized that as a part of growing those rigid boundaries to protect myself, I became detached from my intuition and my emotions. And because I couldn't let people in, I didn't even have my first quote unquote official relationship until I was 24. Yeah, you heard that right. (laughs) But in the eight years since that relationship, I have learned a tremendous amount about myself through situationships, relationships, reflections, and constructive and not so constructive criticism. My most recent relationship, the one that actually kind of pushed me to launch the Audacious Crew, was a hot ass, toxic ass, abusive ass mess. Now, when people hear abuse, they think of physical harm. This included me. When I heard abuse, I instantly thought of domestic violence. But due to my experience, I learned that there are many types of abuse. And while I wasn't physically abused, I experienced emotional and financial abuse and sexual assault. Just because I wasn't hit, though, that doesn't mean that my experiences didn't create wounds. I think that that's also a misconception of people who have not faced physical abuse. People think, oh, well, they didn't hit you. So, you know, like, why can't you just get over it? I can't even describe to y'all the level of fucked that my brain was when I came back home because I was in Texas with this man and I was away from my family. I was away from home for the first time. But when I came back, the whole scenario of me leaving that relationship was extremely traumatic. And we can dive into it in a future episode. I will be glad to share that because I want to help at least one other person recognize it's time to go. You need to get out of this. But on the upside, I tend to find the upside. You will come to recognize that. (laughs) That relationship definitely led me to the J that you are hearing from today. When I tell y'all, I'm not settling for nothing or nobody ever a fucking again. I have confidence that I have never had before. I have belief in myself. I understand that everything that I want can be mine. It is mine. It's just waiting for me to become the version of myself that I need to be in order to receive it and use it to its best capacity. Speaking of not settling, I literally told this man one day we were doing this. um, It was like a, a couple's building exercise. I answered a question and I told him in my answer that I felt like I was settling. And I said this while looking him in the face. I didn't realize that I was telling this man the stuff that I was thinking. And at the time, I thought it was just a Freudian slip. Because when I saw his response, his face reacted before his mouth opened. I could tell he was immediately taken aback. Kind of like, did this bitch just tell me that she was settling for me? (laughs) And naturally, because I am an anxious person who learned how to be hypervigilant, I immediately recognized, oh shit, I said something out loud that I shouldn't have. So I backtracked it because I thought it had been a Freudian slip. I told him like, no, I I didn't mean that I was settling for you. I'm settling in life. And what I meant by that was at the time I wasn't working. So I felt like I was settling by not, you know, striving for more professionally. I felt like I was settling in like my social life because 
granted, while I was in Austin, I didn't really venture out that much at all because my anxiety really took over. My social anxiety came back when I moved to Austin. It probably would help if you knew that I'm originally from Omaha, Nebraska. When I was here in Omaha, before I left, I had gotten to a point where I was comfortable just venturing out places unlike I ever had before. My social anxiety used to be so bad that I just, I I froze even at the idea of going somewhere new. Even if I looked at pictures of the, like the venue on Google, I still was just physically uncomfortable. Even just picturing myself in that place, looking at those pictures, it was wild. When I was in Austin, I realized that I was kind of taking a few steps back. That is why I told him that I felt like I was settling. And honestly, in retrospect, that shit was not a Freudian slip. It was the truth. I really believe that that was like my my authentic self, my true self, higher self, ancestors, spirit guides, somebody or some group of beings were trying to tell me, girl, hello, since you're not getting it, we're going to poke through and see if you pick this up. I kind of did. It just, let's just say it planted the seed for me breaking up with him later on. So shout out to hire me, whoever that was that came through. Appreciate you. When it comes to the Audacious crew, initially, this was circa 2020. I, I want to say it was around winter, December 2020, somewhere in there. I got the idea of doing confidence coaching. I was getting fed up at my job. It was a very toxic workplace. And unfortunately, COVID and the quarantine times revealed a lot of the shit that was going on. I realized, okay, I'm not meant to be here for a long time because there was there was no upward mobility available for me. I was like, okay, well, I'm really good at helping people through their challenges and their struggles and seeing their talents. And I started to think back of all the times where women have come to me and just openly shared unprompted because I'm not really a prying type of person. People have just come to me to reach out for help. What that told me is, hey, I clearly have the energy of somebody who is helpful, supportive, healing even. And I realized I'm like, okay, well, if I can help these individual people in this small way, why do I have to limit myself to like the traditional coaching route? I don't have to. I'd rather have a greater impact by creating a community of people specifically women, because I understand your struggles intimately. I just wanted to create a community that basically I didn't have when I needed it. And now I recognize that my passion lies in helping women that struggle with the same shit that weighed me down not too long ago. I'm on a mission to help women that don't recognize that they're in a toxic or abusive relationship. I want to help women break free from the lies that anxiety tells them. And I want to help women move past their traumas, especially women living through their traumas, because that shit is tiring and you do not deserve to live your life way down. You do not deserve to live your life with a gray rain cloud strapped above your head every day. Nobody wants that. Nobody needs that. We can shake it off. My goal with the Audacious Crew is to help women like you meet their inner bad bitch. I want to help you see everything that you need is already within you. It does not exist outside of you. You are your home. And I want to also help you stop relying on external validation. Because if you allow other people to define who you are, what you can be, what you're capable of, you will forever and a day be living in a state of lack and or worthlessness. And ain't nobody got time for that. You can become more confident. 
and you can heal yourself mentally, emotionally, and spiritually if, and this is a big if, if you are intentional and mindful. But this healing shit, oh baby, we're going to do it together today and every day after that. If you with me, say hell to the year. Hell to the year. I know that's right. So as I said, I have been told I give mentor, big sister, healer, helper vibes. So let's make this shit official. Welcome to my favorite segment, Ask Jay. If you want my honest, unfiltered advice, shoot me an email, child. Send an email to me at askjay, A-S-K-J-A-I, at theaudaciouscrew.com. Put in the subject line, just, you know, something brief. And also include in there whether or not you want me to use your name. You can completely and totally submit anonymous letters because I respect your privacy. Today's letter comes from Nicole. Nicole says, I'm a big fan of your content and I really enjoy listening to your advice and wisdom. I don't know what it is about your voice, but the way you speak always makes me feel like I can do anything. Anyway, here's my problem. I have social anxiety. It's been getting worse lately, and it seems like no matter how hard I try to get better, nothing works. It's getting so bad that it's starting to keep me from living my life. I just wanted to reach out because I know you've dealt with anxiety before. Any advice would be greatly appreciated. Well, Nicole, I appreciate you for writing in, and thank you for your compliments. That was very nice of you. Yes, I have dealt with social anxiety before, and I still deal with it today, but not to the same the same severity as I used to. This actually made me think specifically of two different examples. When I started to recognize that I had social anxiety, something kind of came alive in me and I recognized that I didn't want to keep living in fear. There was a time that I remember I was sitting in my apartment and I was staring at myself in the mirror from my, my, my couch. And I was just like, do I really enjoy being at home or am I at home a lot because it feels safer or because I tell myself it's safer to be here? And when I say tell myself, I mean subconsciously. It was kind of just like some, there were a lot of different moments where I kind of had a reckoning with myself. There were epiphanies where I'm just like, this isn't really who I am. It's just what I've done or what I've kind of been conditioned to do. And so I started to experiment. I went to therapy and I started talking about it in, in therapy. I started to take it up a notch on my own time and I started to do what I call pseudo exposure therapy. And what this was is I started to force myself to do uncomfortable things. It was not easy. It was very fear inducing. <laughs> Looking back on it, I don't know who that bitch was, but shout out to her for taking the initiative. There was one time I needed to go to Michael's, the craft store. I don't remember what for, but I remember I told myself, okay, I really need whatever these items were and I need to go to Michael's to get them. And so because I hadn't been to that store before, I told myself that I needed to get dressed, put on a cute outfit, do my makeup, make sure I'm feeling really good and confident, basically putting on my armor to go out into the world. And so I got dressed, felt real cute, got in the car. As I was driving down the street, it was cool. But it's like, as soon as I got within a minute of the store, the panic started setting in. And by the time my tires hit that parking lot, baby, I was like, girl, what the fuck are you doing? <laughs> We're not going in the store. <laughs> so I sat there 
And I just started, I just felt the wave, the wave of fear really just took over. And I started fast forwarding to all these different scenarios. I was playing through all this stuff in my head. I was like, okay, I've never been in here before. I don't know where anything is. I have no idea what the store layout is like. I should have looked at the pictures on Google Maps so I could figure out, you know, maybe just like the idea of kind of where this thing is that I need. And then I thought, okay, well, if I don't know where the stuff is, I'm going to be wandering around and then people are going to think that I don't know what I'm doing. And then they're going to think that I'm an idiot because it's clear that I've never been in here before. Maybe I'm an imposter. Maybe I don't belong in here. Then I thought, okay, well, okay, if I don't know where the stuff is, maybe I can ask somebody for help. But if I ask them for help, then they're going to think I'm also stupid. They're going to think I'm an idiot for asking them help. And then there was another layer on top of it. Me being a black person, I thought, okay, if I keep wandering around this store, not finding whatever the item is, they're going to think that I'm stealing. And for all I know, loss prevention is going to start following me around the store. All of which led me to basically freezing. And I imagine actually at that moment that I might have had a like a minor anxiety attack because I remember like my heart was racing and my chest started to get tight. It wasn't a panic attack. I I just I felt I still was in my body. I didn't realize I didn't think that like, you know, the world was totally out of control around me. I didn't think that I was going to die. Nothing like that severe. It was just this huge sense of fear as if I was basically putting a target on myself. I just left. I couldn't go into the store. I drove all the way there. I did all of that stuff only to leave. I'm proud of myself for trying, but it was hard. And then there was a different time where I told myself, okay, I'm afraid of going into restaurants by myself. I'm afraid of going into like the movie theater by myself. For some reason, I could go into the mall by myself without issue. I mean, there was still some kind of like anxiety inducing moments when people would, you know, try and come up to me, ask me if I needed help. But for the most part, the mall wasn't a problem. It was restaurants and like movie theaters, stuff like that, that I couldn't go into. So I told myself one day, okay, I'm going to go into a bougie bar. I'm going to sit at the bar top during happy hour. I have like a cocktail and I'm going to read a book. And one day I did that. Also, I got dressed up. I put on my super nice coat, put on some cute outfit, did my makeup, did my hair, and I felt really good. And I figured, okay, if I have a prop, aka my book, then it will kind of take my mind off of the fact that I'm going to believe that people are going to be staring at me. I just sat there and I, I kind of read the book, but the book was mostly just there as it was just comfort. And what that situation actually really taught me is that people are not worried about you. They're not. People are far more concerned about themselves than they are you, especially in a place like a restaurant. Yeah, sure. People might look at you, but maybe they're looking at you in a positive light. Maybe they're just like, wow, she has a cute outfit on her. Oh, she has a very nice aura. We always jump to the negative, but that's just because we're trying to, I guess, protect ourselves from adverse comments or reaction. And so I really just started to do exposure therapy on my own. And I understand if that is difficult for people because it took me a while to work up to that. Like that Michael's story and then me going to the bar, I believe that there was at least a year or two in between those. So I say that to say that if you set your mind to it, you can do it, but you just have to push through that discomfort and it's going to be uncomfortable until it's not. And I say that to say the discomfort, the process is honestly where the beauty lies. You learn a lot about yourself during the process. And if you want to be a social butterfly, you can be. 
if you want to go out and sit in a restaurant and eat dinner by yourself, you can. You want to be unbothered on a beach internationally, you can do that too. It just takes time, intention, and mindfulness. If you are not doing it, I would recommend you try going to therapy. And if therapy is not an option, there's one book that I remember reading about five years ago. It's called Feel the Fear and Do It Anyway. Even just opening up that book, I started to, I felt seen and I felt understood because I think up until that point, I hadn't really told people that I was socially anxious because I didn't know that I was. If therapy isn't an option, you can try books. There are several books. There are many online resources and I plan to continue making content on anxiety and I can even break it down to social anxiety. But with your social anxiety, it sounds like you really want to change your life. I think that that's honestly the first step is recognizing that you are in your own way and only when you get there can you actually make further progress. So congratulations on that, Nicole. So that is my advice. I would recommend exposure therapy. And if you have to take a friend or a family member, then do that. There's nothing wrong with it. It's not weak at all. I don't care what the internet says or anybody else. There's nothing wrong with relying on somebody else to support you. I mean, it's healthy. We're humans. We literally need that. (laughs) Therapy and or books. The internet is a wide open place also. Don't, Don't sleep on YouTube University, okay? So again, if you want my honest, unfiltered advice, email me at askj at theaudaciouscrew.com and tell me in there if you would like me to use your name or if you would prefer to be anonymous. So that wraps up this intro episode. I will see y'all again in two weeks. This is a bi-weekly podcast for now, okay? We claim in weekly, but right now I don't have the capacity as one solo individual, okay? <laughs> but before you go, I want to hear from you. Please subscribe on whatever platform you're listening to and leave your girl up a review. Tell me in that review if there's somebody you want me to have on the show. I would love to have guests or tell me if there's something you want my take on. Just put it in your review and I'll holla back, child. In between time, when there's not a podcast episode, you can check out theaudaciouscrew.com for a blog post. We will be alternating until, you know, we get the funds to make this a regular thing. Okay. I appreciate y'all. I love y'all. Be audacious and be mindful. Be mindful.